0: Like, do you remember your first time getting on the radio?
1: Yeah, it was incredibly nerve-wracking. I don't think I put two words together that actually made sense.
0: I feel like the world has become super political. What is that like, trying to separate yourself from and be this— because you kind of have to be, right? You have to be unbiased. Is that hard? Incredibly. But I will say this. There isn't a right path. Whatever's going to make you happy and whatever you're having fun with is going to lead to that path. You're not going to know what that path is until you do it. So my recommendation for you is to try more shit, like do more shit. Right.
1: Whatever. Sort of baby, you just told me thirty-five was ancient. All
0: right. Well, maybe you are old then.
1: <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs>
0: Welcome to another episode of The Failure Podcast, guys. I'm your host, Austin. And, uh, you know, we got a few new things here going on. Number one, um, at the beginning of this episode, I made it a point to tell myself, to tell you, that you need to hit the subscribe button. Because I forget to ask that every time. And I think there's like 67% of you that don't uh, aren't, aren't subscribed or hit the notification button or whatever the fuck you got to hit. But do me a favor and hit the button, please. Um, secondly, guys... This guy right here in front of me has uh you know, we have we've, we've got quite the relationship going. We have for some time, but he's he's really big in the Portland area here. Um because and, and you you might know him, you might listen to him uh on your morning drives, uh, Mike <laughs> yeah. from one oh five one the Buzz, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I said that right. I feel yeah, good. No, about you did that. a good job. <laughs> Thank Congratulations. You. Thank you. I made it, I made it, was it. A
1: Spectacular we, introduction.
0: I, I had to, you know what? You're you're like Dude, w- one, I have so many questions for you because I yeah. feel like your job is one of the most unknown jobs where, like, people don't know anything about what your life really is like. Yeah. You know, they just hear you on the radio in the morning. They're like, well, it's like three in the morning. How I was well, this guy's already like up and going? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> not so, not sure
1: if I have answers <laughs> to those questions or not, but uh, I'll do my best,
0: dude. Well, welcome and thank you for being here. I'm yeah. you. We actually met because you, you came into my coffee shop uh, in Orchards with your buddy. Mm -hmm. How long ago was that, dude? It was a few years ago,
1: right? So I actually moved to the Pacific Northwest about 10 days before the pandemic hit. Oh, yuck. Okay. (laughs) To take this radio job. And it was probably, uh, I guess, two or three months into my move that I lived here. That I went to Devs and I was like, hey, (laughs) you guys are open. I want a coffee and I want a bagel. And the next thing I know, I was sold. Dude, yeah. And I remember we
0: had... uh... You had... Some, I've never been on the radio. Mm. You, were, you were the first one that kind of got me into that little... Which was the weirdest experience of my life, by the way. <laughs> Anybody that has never been on the radio, it is like one of the weirdest things in the world. Yeah. It's like you call this line and it just rings. And then I remember like you were like, call me at this time. And then I called you and I answered and, and we were like, I could hear you guys talking. Yeah. Which was a weird... I figured there was like a guy behind, you know... They're going like hey we're gonna we're gonna go live in two seconds just so you know one two bam <laughs> but you just answer the call and then you hear mike and liz talking in the background and it was the weirdest thing in the world to me
1: yeah we don't have a budget to uh put people on hold or anything like that <laughs> so as soon as you call in it's like if we're not talking directly <laughs> to you right uh you're gonna go on hold and then we're just gonna kind of keep you there and we're gonna do our thing and then we'll come back to you
0: has it ever not worked out where like you answer the phone and someone's like just like what hello yeah hello yeah. do you mute them at least
1: yeah no absolutely so that's why everything in radio is on a delay oh
0: i forget about that
1: how yeah. far of a delay is it so we have a 17 second delay that's it yeah that's it do
0: you purposely do that like you set it you can set
1: that delay up or is our that engineers your... set that up that's way too advanced for my pay grade <laughs> 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 i don't do anything man i just push buttons Dude. and i talk and that's it so
0: um yeah well Thanks for giving me the opportunity for one. And yeah. uh, so let's let's backstep here a little bit because you're not from Portland. Obviously, that was no. a, a move you made in 2020. But what led you to that man? What made you want to be a radio
1: host? I, I mean, I've been doing radio for over 20 years now.
0: You have a voice for it, I would say.
1: Well, my voice is on the struggle bus right now because I went to a Scott Staff uh, lead singer Creed concert the other night. I'm jealous of that, by the way. uh, I love Creed. It was fantastic. Anyways, uh, I was singing my heart out. But (laughs) neither here nor there. um, Yeah, no, like uh, radio was one of those things that was always big ingrained in me that I wanted to do. Like um, my uncle's a sports broadcaster. Oh, that's cool. And my, uh, he's my godfather. When I was little, we would watch baseball games on mute, and we would call the games together. And now he is one of the biggest NHL play-by-play guys in the country.
0: That's so cool, dude. I've never th- heard of somebody doing that. Yeah. Like put, like muting a TV and being like, let's call it. Let's yeah. like, that's
1: so sick. And that's what we would do when I was little. And uh, so he's one of the biggest NHL play-by-play callers in the country. And when I was... Kind of coming into my own, I could have kind of followed his path into sports broadcasting. Right, didn't want to do that because I didn't want to feel like there was nepotism going on, mm. or I didn't want to feel like the only reason I got the job was because of a handout. Right, so um, radio and music were always a big passion for me. And that's how I kind of carved my own path doing it that way.
0: For sure. So, where did you start? What what started it for you? you where did you? was the first radio station you worked for?
1: Uh, my college radio station. Okay. So I went to a University of Massachusetts for about two and a half years till they politely asked me to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I ended up at uh, American International College in Springfield, Massachusetts, and I was in a broad class, uh, mass media class and um one of the kids in the class was like hey what are you up to tonight you should come by my radio show blah 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 and the next thing i know i went by his radio show and i had my own show like two weeks later no kidding yeah so, There's college radio for they, you.
0: And they just like designed a show around you, or like, no, what? they
1: just literally said, Hey, you want to do this? And they threw me on the air. And I was like, Okay.
0: Dude, what was that What was that like? Like, do you remember your first time getting on the radio?
1: Yeah, it was incredibly nerve wracking. I don't think I put two words together that <laughs> actually made sense. <laughs> and that was just in college. <laughs> right. So yeah. then I got into commercial radio like two years later. And the fr- I swear to God, the first talk break I ever did on commercial radio uh, was for WZMX. It was Hot 93.7 in Hartford, Connecticut, an urban radio station. And the first song I had to talk into was Sean Paul "Temperature," uh-huh. and this was my first talk break. Look at you, Sean Paul. Yeah, that was it. it. <laughs> Just didn't work out. No. I literally called my boss the next day and had to apologize.
0: Oh, no, dude. Oh, no. Yeah, it was awful. Oh, God. Still awful.
1: Yeah. I still no, get nerve-wracked to it.
0: It's kind of hard not to. I feel the same way, dude. Even, I mean, we're 40 episodes plus in at this point. I'm, I'm still nervous. Like, I don't think it's ever going to go away, though. I think it's just one of those things you kind of learn to deal with it.
1: it. It's all about presentation, right? Like, yeah. So I related to this. Um, I had the most incredible fear of speaking. When I was a kid, yeah, like growing up in school, I have ADHD. I'm dyslexic. So, you know, I'd be in English class and they'd be like, all right, let's go around the room. Everybody's got to read a paragraph. When it came my turn, I would read the paragraph and it would be the most obliterating substance (laughs) of that phrase or that (laughs) paragraph that anybody has ever said. Mm -hmm. Just because I was so nervous Being dyslexic and I'm just like trying to get through it. Couldn't remember a single word that I said. And then next thing I know, I'm just like, okay, yeah, I got to get out of here. (laughs) Yeah. You have a sense of like
0: wanting to crawl out of your skin. Yeah. Yeah. No.
1: And that's it. And you know, that fear, you, you, you can overcome it. But at the same time, it always lives residually mm-hmm. in the background.
0: So what do you? how do you handle that now? How do you deal with that now to this day? I mean, you got years under your belt, bro. You said you've been doing this for 20 years. That's a long time. I can yeah. assume that there's probably are days where it doesn't even bother you. You just kind of roll with it. But mm-hmm. I bet you there's been opportunities or people that you've talked to that you're like, oh, gosh, this is anxiety like <sighs> heightened. You know what I mean? Some guests yeah. I'm like, nah,
1: it's fine. Yeah. No, no, it totally depends on the circumstances, even on a day to day operations level. Right. Like there is things I can say, there's things I can do, which I can immediately regret, Mm -hmm. you know, and I will get checked by my bosses at the end of the day. Really? Yeah. Well, I guess you got to do that anywhere, Right. Yeah. But But in the high level situation of being in radio or TV in that media, that forum, it's you got to be crisp and you got to be with it all the time if Mm. you're not it's terrible
0: yeah that's that so what's it like when how how do you how do you handle with that pressure though
1: i i don't know (laughs) i I (laughs) I don't know if there is an actual answer to that question it's just it's general life anxiety it's general adulting it's it's true you know i go to therapy weekly do yeah, yeah just to make sure that i can I, get through every my life <laughs> freaking person i've talked to on this podcast has a
0: therapist and i'm just over here like yeah i'll just swallow in my own shit and just fucking be mad
1: at myself all Did the time you, you know? your podcast is therapy though It's like, true it's i watch true. i watch your recaps i i see your stuff on social media and it's so in depth and the music that goes in the background i'm like jeez yeah one day i just <laughs> I'm gonna feel that. That's so namaste. I don't even know what namaste means,
0: but dude, there's been some crazy moments on this show, and I haven't done a recap yet. I should have done a recap of last year, but just moments of of such like rawness, dude. Yeah, and like I, you don't get that anymore, and it frustrates me that people don't have just conversation like this, just in general. Like, yeah, we're filming this. Somebody asked. Somebody made a comment on my post the other day and was like. Why does everybody have to film everything? Why do you have to film everything? Why do you why can't people just talk to each other? I'm like, "I agree with you, bro." <laughs> I agree well, with you, man. Yeah, like no. we should. We should yeah. just engage in more casual conversation and
1: be real with each other and talk about real shit. So what you're saying right now is what radio should be. Yeah. And that's how it was developed to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like before there were cameras, before there was social media, before there was the internet, Mm -hmm. there was radio and it was real people having real conversations. And that's what it was all about. And that's how you sold yourself to the market, to the people, developed an audience. And, you know, now that we have cameras, we have social media, we have the internet, Mm -hmm. we can take it to the next level and we can broadcast that. To a wider audience, yeah, it doesn't have to be the Portland metropolitan area, right? It can be whoever is interested in the failure podcast, for sure.
0: No, I agree, man. I think it's, I just, I think I just what, where I'm going with that too is, I wish that more like this, these moments have given me, uh, kind of just an insight of what humanity should be. Yeah, you know what I mean. We're like, oftentimes we put this facade on, we put this like these, these, these guards up. Right. And it takes moments like this where you sit down and you're forced to talk with somebody to really unbreak those walls and get into real life situations. Cause everybody wants to pretend like their life is perfect. Right. Or that you don't have any issues or struggles or, you know, you, you, when you hopped on the radio the first time that you were just good at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people miss that shit and everybody, I think like that's what that's what I've gotten actually the most feedback on is the fact that like people can relate to the struggle more than anything. Yeah, people can relate to the failures.
1: Well, here's one of the biggest things that I do as part of my persona on radio, and it's not part of my persona on radio. It's part of my persona in everyday life. This is who I am. This is the character I want to portray. Right, right. and it 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 is being real. It it is it is having those um flaws that Mm -hmm. go along with it like everything i say on the radio whether it's pre-recorded or it's live i would rather have a mess up in there and acknowledge it and say oh my god yeah i'm stupid blah 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 (laughs) then you know try to sound like the act of perfection Mm -hmm. because if you do that it's unrelatable it's unhuman exactly you're,
0: you're just a robot and I, I i think that's so like it's fake it is it and is. if anybody tells you that they're perfect they're freaking lying to you bro yeah like well i mean i don't know 100%. anybody that does say that i hope nobody says that i hope i never hear that comment his yeah. mouth. i'm like well i'm not listening to you exactly but um i want to shift this a little bit where did you go okay so you're from new england yes the only reason I knew Corner that raised. baby was because of your ice skating video the other day, which I knew I've known that we've talked about this before, yeah. but it was
1: like an easy relatable
0: reminder. You're doing the short form content now. Yeah. How's that going?
1: Uh it's going good. It, it's very new to me because uh in my radio career, I've always worked with folks that were better at social media than I am. Mm. Right. They were kind of the social media wheelhouse of our show. Mm-hmm. For lack of a better way to put it. And, um, you know, I'm the brains, the brawn that kind of goes behind everything that goes into it. And I'm just, you know, I lost my co-host about a month ago. And now I'm trying to elevate that social media. So are you by yourself then? Yeah.
0: You guys hiring? Yeah. Putting that out there. Yeah. Do you have an Indeed post or anything out there or what?
1: Uh, It's on every platform, I believe. Okay. So if you want to be a morning show co-host in Portland, Oregon.
0: What up? Yeah. Let's go. Let's do Sign it. Sign it up. Dude, you have a voice.
1: It's phenomenal.
0: I uh, I actually thought about it when I saw your first post. I almost did it, but I was like, dude, yeah, running a business, doing my own podcast. There's no you way You have I enough help. going on. You do not
1: need to be doing what I'm doing. I'm trying to do as much as you are, dude. Forget that. Hey,
0: it's crazy what you think about it. Because when I saw that, I was like, damn, dude, that would be so cool. That would be yeah, so cool.
1: It's a titty job, but it's a lonely life. Yeah, I get that. I get that. You know, I get home at work every day, ten thirty, eleven a.m. Mm. And I have no social contact until my roommate comes home.
0: Are you, what time do you start then? Like how early you got to get up?
1: I wake up at 2.33 in the morning. And you're there by what, I'm four? at work by 3.45. Wow. And yeah. it's
0: in Portland or where?
1: Like... In Portland. Okay. And, and the show starts at 5 a.m. Jeez, dude.
0: Yeah. That's So can you give me a day in the life of what it's like for you?
1: Oh, it depends. It it totally depends. A normal day, nothing is happening in the world. I wake up, I go to work, I spend about an hour and a half doing prep, you know, like researching everything that everybody's talking about today. It helps being on the West Coast because the East Coast has already got their stuff up for the day. Yeah. So you you know, kind
0: of piggyback off that
1: a little bit. Yeah. So um, you know, I look at celebrity stories, I look at world news, things that are happening, uh local news, and uh I, I just try to segment that and dissect it and make sure that I'm acknowledging all of that throughout the course of the show. Dude,
0: that sounds kind of stressful. It's <laughs> like what if there is nothing? Then what are you doing? You're just freaking piggybacking and that
1: is literally what happened today. Really? Yeah. So you're uh, like, there's nothing going on today. No, Guys, I'm there, going on the
0: failure podcast tonight, just so you know. But there
1: was literally <laughs> nothing going on today. So here was my big talker of the day, right? I found a, a hair growing off my earlobe yesterday. <laughs> and it was one of the worst things that's ever happened to me in my life. Why? Just because it was it was one of those you're getting old moments.
0: I said th- bro, I had this exact same talk with my audience the other morning on my cause I have I have nose hairs. Right,
1: I mean, I've had nose. Hairs right, for but, years, but I, I've just I had nose hair, that.
0: and I said, I was like, you know what, guys, you know how you're getting old. When for your Christmas, for Christmas in your stocking, you get nose hair trimmers and ear hair trimmers. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you're talking about, bro. I've had it.
1: Fuck whoever gave you that shit.
0: Yeah, that was my wife. Oh, I, I mean, sorry, death. Mrs. I, Claus. I love Dev. I do too. But She's beautiful. You, I'm sure you could say that to her. She wouldn't be mad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so continue on. I'm sorry. Bad gift idea. Yeah. You you so you talked about how you had a ear hair all day. It
1: wasn't growing out of my ear, dude. It was growing off of my lobe. I didn't even know hairs could grow there. Gross. <laughs> I feel two it. Two of them. Oh no. Two. Not one, but two. So same ear. And I'm looking at them in the mirror and I'm like, what the fuck am I gonna do with these? <laughs> and I started trying to pinch them and pull them out and didn't work Mm -mm. i had to go to my roommate's bathroom and get a pair of tweezers that didn't work you didn't just rip them out bro i was trying to they were they were like they "Mm -hmm." were just slick dude i am italian so i'm greasy and oily as fuck (laughs) all right like i feel it man i get it if i start sweating you can peel olive oil off my hair Literally, you ever run out, let me know. I will come over <laughs> here. You epic. can squeegee the shit out of me. But I'm like, I'm trying to pull them out, dude. It, it took me like 20 minutes. Oh my gosh. And ultimately, I had to put down the tweezers and I was just able to do it in my pinky finger and my thumb. You made it happen. Yeah. Well, and I'm- it was one of the most monumentous occasions I've had in at least the last two months.
0: What what did your boss say about this? Was they were they like, listen, great topic this morning. Completely. I just want to let you know you covered no, all of it. No,
1: they completely ignored it. it said no, they said nothing. Judge me for everything else I do with my life.
0: Okay. So if there's nothing to talk about, you got to make some shit up and you got to just freaking roll with it. Yeah, I mean, or you just no, talk you have about to find
1: a fucking ear hair ear hair, just pull that out. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I get
0: it. So what happens? Okay, you go through your day. You have your morning routine. You talk about news. Can I ask you, is there any like, I feel like the world has become super political. Yeah. Right. What is that like trying to separate yourself from and be this, because you kind of have to be right. You have to be unbiased with
1: everything that you say, bro. Yeah. Is that hard? Incredibly. But I will say this. um, I've been fortunate enough to work in a line of radio stations that focus on the positivity. And we try not to focus on negativity. Mm-hmm. So whether it's political or, or whether it's <clears throat> just sad news, right. whatever it might be, we try not to emphasize it unless it's one of the most polarizing stories, a nine eleven of all the Texas. Um, you know, one of I I hate talking about this, but when the Boston Marathon bombings happened, yeah, I was working in that area on the radio and um they happened in the afternoon but the boston manhunt that went on to try and find those guys Mm -hmm. was going on throughout the course of my show and we had to talk about uh trains shutting down buses shutting down communication lines shutting down because there was a shelter in place happening and you you just kind of you got to channel those instincts. Again, you have to be a human and try and be relatable. But at the same time you have to deliver the information mm-hmm. and protect it and make sure you're doing your due diligence to put it out there in a proper way. That's not <clears throat> um, something that can be construed in a false interpretation, right? That's a, that's, that's gotta be tough, man. It, it's heavy. It's heavy. But fortunately enough, you know, I don't work in news radio. So That's good. It's one of, those <laughs> yeah, no, it's very good. Yeah, uh, it's one of those things where, um, you know, it's a circumstance that only happens once in a great while. Yeah, you know, my job at the end of the day is to make people feel good about their morning. Mm-hmm. You know, mornings suck. Nobody likes getting up. Right. Nobody likes going to work. Uh, if I can put a smile on somebody's face or just crack a joke and, you know, they giggle mm-hmm. on their way to work in the car, that's all that matters to yeah. me.
0: That's good, dude. I like that. That's I think uh, it's gratitude, man. We talk yeah. about this every show. It's gratitude. It's yeah. just doing shit for the right reasons. And that's 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 what that's what make things fun, I think. And that's what's genuine, genuinely provides happiness for you in life
1: no it really does and and not only is it satisfying to myself Mm um and and not to be selfish but you know the goal is to be satisfying to somebody that's listening yeah you know somebody that's out there whether it's saying hey uh go check out my buddy austin's you know coffee bar sure you know he's doing xyz over there you Mm -hmm. know he's collecting money for this purpose this Mm -hmm. cause you know just Putting that out there in the universe and trying to help people yeah. is what it's all about. And
0: you that's a pretty powerful position, man, to be on the radio too and be able to make those make that difference, man. That's it. Well, and I, I think you hold a lot of power in your words, you know, because a lot yeah. like everybody listens to that though. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, what's actually let's get let's talk about that. What is with Spotify, with iTunes, with all these like I guess you have iHeartRadio, right, which would still It's my main competitor. Is it? Yeah. Okay, so
1: how does... competing company.
0: What is that? What's the... the, We'll just call it... Where is radio going?
1: (laughs) You know? (laughs) That's a great question, dude. Uh, I I mean, mean, I started in radio in 2003. mm -hmm. And since I've been in radio, everybody told me the industry was dying. Doesn't seem like it. I still have a prosperous career 20 years later. Yeah. Then I moved... Across the country for wow, you know what I mean? Like when I when I was coming into radio in 2003, everybody was like, "Oh, XM Radio, serious radio, satellite radio is the future." Nobody mm-hmm. gives a shit about terrestrial radio. Yeah, Howard Stern's going to satellite. Blah 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 blah. Howard Stern's the only thing that is keeping satellite going right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I agree, man. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not faking it. Like literally, like that is. He is the main reason people subscribe and pay monthly yeah. service fees for radio.
0: So when your ratings, though, like, for instance, I, I assume that you guys are able to. How how does tracking your viewership even work? Like, how does that even. Is it real? Is it possible? No. Like, no. it's not possible to see many people listening it's, to radio. Station, it's terrible.
1: Right? So about 10 years ago, right, um, radio was always inherently done by a, a diary where they would solicit people through the U.S. mail system, Right, they would send you a piece of mail and they would say, hey, do you want to participate in radio rating surveys? Mm. And they would have you mark down in a diary what you listen to, how long you listen to, and blah, blah, blah. About 10 years ago, they switched to a system called PPM, which is essentially a beeper that you carry with you that has an embedded watermark That it listens for. Whoa. Yeah. It's crazy. Weird. Yeah. So um, 10 years ago now, we're Mm -hmm. talking like 2010. Yeah. They started sending these beepers out. Mind you, in 2010, beepers had been obsolete for about 15 years. (laughs) Nobody was carrying beepers anymore. Nobody wanted to carry a fucking beeper after 2010, and they still don't. So radio uh, ratings are very circumstantial these days. Um and it, it's still based on these beepers that mm. take home watermarks, and you know you have your target audiences that you're kind of um portraying to that you're trying to bring into you, and if they're not listening to you, you don't get the credit for it.
0: You know what though, I will say I don't think radio. Here's why I don't think radio will ever die, mm-hmm. because I feel like. Radio was one of the first forms of communication, um, you know, outside of before television. Before like it's and when everything else goes down and dies and we can't communicate, what happens?
1: You watched a Will Smith movie, didn't you? No,
0: bro. My best my best friend is into radios like a mofo. Like he like got his like <laughs> really? ham license and has like these crazy radios and he's like bro you need to get one because when the world dies when everything shuts down we're gonna be able to talk my what? house to your house that was he l- went and bought him one bro like they have one at his house really yeah just he bought one for all of his family members like at their houses and they're just there and he's like you guys need to use these and leave them on just that way if something happens we can communicate
1: well i don't know if you need to leave them on but you know what i mean worst case scenario accessible no yeah Targed. exactly i totally get it but that was the premise of um i forget the name of it I know movie I I know what you're, t- know what it you're was talking about. The last day on earth. Uh, it was a Will Smith movie mm-hmm. or a Jake Gyllenhaal movie, one of the two.
0: Yeah, I, I know I think I've seen it. Yeah. I know what you're talking about.
1: And, and everything ends, like mm-hmm. the world ends and the last thing that is breathing is a, an AM terrestrial radio yep. station. Yeah. And that's the only form of communication they have. Exactly. To know where other people are, how to get where they need to go. When
0: when every world ending movie, bro what is still playing the freaking radio yeah so sorry bro you just you're not going to die when the world ends okay you'll just be the one in the little room talking
1: I'm gonna knock on that wood (laughs) real quick. Just make sure that I'm the one still talking when that happens.
0: Nah, dude, that's I. That's how I picture it. I'm like, you know what? If you're a radio show host, you just instantly get the freaking survival card. Like, (laughs) the aliens aren't coming after you, bro. They're coming after everyone else. You also
1: get the anxiety, (laughs) the the depression, all that shit that goes along with it.
0: Yeah, every the the pressure of being the person that's supposed to communicate. Yeah, the the aliens are talking to you, bro. Yep. I guess that if 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 the world ends, what do you think? What uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna this is totally off topic. I'm just curious. I'll take it there. Okay, if if the world were were, if we were to have a natural disaster, yeah, other than war, because I don't want to talk about war, like in us blowing ourselves up. What could it be? If it was outside of the the world, is it an asteroid? Is it aliens? Is it okay? A volcano? You know, Yellowstone exploding and taking the what is it? I, What's
1: most plausible for you? Right now? Yeah. The way the weather has been?
0: It's been pretty weird.
1: I'm going to say it's going to be a natural disaster. And okay. that's only because uh since I moved to the Pacific Northwest, being in the ring of fire mm-hmm. within the Cascade Mountains, mm-hmm. I have a hyper paranoia of earthquakes and, volcanoes. and setting off a volcano.
0: Yep. Yep. No, I still, I do too. Yeah. I actually look at Mount Hood sometimes and I'm like, man... That
1: thing exploded, we all be effed,
0: dude. <laughs> like we would be screwed.
1: No, but seriously, like yeah. sometimes you look at Mount Hood and it's got that little halo mm-hmm. that's going over the top of it. You're like, is is that a cloud or is that fucking smoke? <laughs> yeah, like, you're do driving need, down the highway, do you see a little cloud above St. Ellens. <laughs> back towards the east
0: coast, or what do I need to do? Nah, dude, then you that's the east coast is no better. No matter where you go, no. The something. East
1: Coast is literally going to divide off the country, just like everybody wants California to do. Yeah, no, the East Coast is going to go. You think so? At some point, yeah.
0: So let's let's shift out of this. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you. I do you do you like talking about radio?
1: Yeah, okay. I love it. I, I taught just, radio. I love. I'm I've, I've been doing it for 20 years. <laughs> like I'll talk about. It I every always day, feel, I every always day. feel
0: bad when I'm like I get people on here. And sometimes I wonder if somebody's like, dude, I literally talk about this all day. I don't want to fucking talk about this. See,
1: like, th- this is the fun part for me. Like, I'm on the other side of the spectrum for myself, yeah. right? Like, You probably I, never had anybody like this, have you? Maybe once or twice in my life, but nobody like you. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Um, nobody with a bitch voice. <laughs> yeah, nobody with a bitch voice. Um, no, but seriously, it's like, uh, you know, I like talking about it. I like expanding the knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know something i'm passionate about
0: so what is next for you and i mean you're a radio host right now yeah where do you what's your goal man where do you want to (laughs) be that's a great question (laughs) like what's what's above a radio host like you probably
1: you know so uh so i i also do tv every day uh i do an entertainment celebrity gossip update Mm -hmm. on coin news cbs affiliate here in portland every day nice um So I do that Um, at one point uh, I was doing some acting and um, I was a writer in the movie Piranhas 3D. Okay. Uh, I was also an actor, but I got outcast by the director, Eli Roth. He voided my voice out of the movie because I did a voiceover as a DJ. Uh. And he wanted to do the voiceover. So he took my script and just redid it wow yeah Thanks, so Eli. um but yeah no like just entertainment man that's what i do
0: yeah you know it, you, it's is all that why you're it. doing the social media thing more you're trying to hit
1: that more is because you want to grow that aspect of things trying to step up the game there yeah for certain um you know uh my old co-host was you know the we kind of divided and conquered when it came to the social aspect of our portrayal of our show mm-hmm. Um, so she would handle the social media stuff and I would do all the technical things and she resigned about a month ago. So now I'm stepping it up. Does you,
0: you needing a co-host at this point, do you get to pick that person? Do you get that say in that? Hopefully. (laughs) Cause like, you don't want to hire, you're not gonna be talking with somebody that you have to talk with back and forth for hours who is just like you don't drive with
1: so in a perfect world what'll happen is my boss will narrow it down to a pool of candidates Mm -hmm. and you know i'll give my input and hopefully we can agree on somebody that you know will eventually be that person you guys don't have anybody lined up yet i have no
0: idea dude i really
1: don't just sounds exhausting you're like i just don't know what's gonna happen next I mean, the so our timeline is still a couple months out. Oh, that's good. Okay. okay. So the posting went live right before Christmas mm-hmm. with the holidays and everything. And then we have the ice storm and all mm-hmm. that's going on. <laughs> everything gets hung up. So hopefully in a couple months, we'll have somebody set in place. Nice. Nice.
0: Yeah. So you were married before this, right? I was. Um, you don't have any kids or anything? No kids. No kids. How long were you married for? Four years. You're married for four years? Did you, like, what, why are you no longer married, if you don't mind me asking? Uh-uh. I don't need, like, the details. I'm just curious.
1: Because I'm married the spawn of Satan. <laughs> no. Yeah.
0: You did. Okay.
1: Yeah, no, quite literally. I, I'm,
0: I'm, okay, how, why? All right, so. uh <laughs> Give me just the car- spiel. I gotta
1: be careful about how I do this. Um, anyways, uh. You,
0: for one, I'm, I'm only asking this question because I f- felt like your uh, your bestie, your roommate, gave me some insight on things that we should talk about. And oh, one really? of those was like you you leaving New England, yeah. you know, for this place. And you were married; you probably had a life out there. I can imagine that that like somebody your age not saying you're old, Mike, but you know, at the time when you moved up here was you were late thirties, right? Yeah that's a late point in your life and i feel like that's a point when people feel like you it's like a restart for you i would feel like so that's got to be really hard man Uh, no that's exactly what it was that's why i want to talk about this not because i give a shit about why your your marriage (laughs) ended realistically but i just want to be clear (laughs) i appreciate that you're welcome
1: so um yeah no so i was married i was married for four years um me and my ex were in a relationship for about seven years. So we were together for about a year and a half before we got engaged. Mm -hmm. And then once we got engaged, things started to change um, for the worse. Okay, You know, uh, the relationship became more stressful. It wasn't necessarily about the relationship being productive or building or growing together. It was more about um, the clout and who was the boss in the situation. And then um you know once we got married it was more the same but you know uh me being the people pleaser that I am I was just trying to make things work mm-hmm. and yeah. it was just not working dude
0: when you're I, unhappy
1: yeah yeah and I was unhappy like early on like from the the time of the engagement because it was putting a strain on my friendships. It was putting a strain on my family relationships. It was putting a strain on my work. Mm-hmm. Um, and my whole focus was to just try and keep that relationship together, right. which was not
0: working. Not a quitter. You don't want to quit. Yeah. I get it.
1: Yeah. So it was tough. But, um, you know, you live, you learn. Four years later, uh, after the divorce, which is something I initiated and, uh, we were able to expedite, um, you know, I kind of had that rebirth moment that revitalization, the, the nuance that goes with that. And then, um, you know, after about two years separated from that relationship, mm. uh, kind of got into my own and that's when the move out to the Pacific Northwest happened. Nice. Yeah. so
0: what was that like for you man at that age what was going through was i mean i'm sure it was relieving i can imagine but um having to i guess you probably like you guys weren't intertwined you know with your work right you still had that but like you kind of starting over bro yeah like was that uh was that refreshing for you to be able to do
1: that or was it like fuck this i was scared as hell dude yeah I didn't know what to do. My aunt and uncle are pseudo parents to mm-hmm. me. You know, like the they, uncle, the, the hockey uncle. Yeah. Okay. The hockey uncle. Um, him and my aunt had a great hand in my upbringing. And um, one of the first things they said to me when I told them I was going to be moving out here was like, "You were the last person in our family I would ever expect to move," <laughs> and I was like, "Oh shit." is this going to work? Like nobody thinks I can do this. Yeah. And you know, I I just had to go for it. And at that point in my life, it was, I was coming out of that marriage. It was terrible. Um, I was trying to rebound. I was trying to reinvigorate my life and what better way to do it than to move cross country for the job that you love Mm. and to try and build something new and develop and prosper in that way.
0: And how would you say that has been for you? Like that process, like moving here, what, is, what has changed
1: for you mentally? Uh, well, shit. It wasn't what I expected at all because yeah. I moved here 10 days before the national pand- or global oh, pandemic gosh. happened. Yeah, I forgot about that. So I got here on February 24th. What was it? March 14th of 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in that window... <clears throat> That's when the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, now I'm across the country. I'm cooped up in a house. I'm at a job that I'm unsure of because I just took a risk and I'm trying to come out here on it and just trying to figure all that stuff out, man. Um, It's been a wild ride. It's been a roller coaster. And, you know, thanks to folks like you and, People that I've met around the Pacific Northwest that have been embracing. Sure. And, and you know, uh, just people. And, uh, you know, that has kind of kept my hope alive. And then, you know, over the course of the last four years in general, um, again, it's been up and down. Yeah. And, you know, I lost my co-host this past year. Mm-hmm. Because she was going through some stuff and had to move home closer to family, so now just kind of at a crossroads, tossing it up, seeing where I'm at. Right,
0: you're like, where do I? Uh, you you go through that moment of, <clears throat> I don't know. It's it, I guess uh, it seems it sounds kind of lonely, man. <laughs> it's it's terrible being lonely. away from your family is is really hard. And I, the few times that I have, I haven't been away from my kids or my wife, um, you know. But I remember being as a kid. Being away from my cult, my home, and my family, and my friends, and I fucking hated it. Yeah. I don't know how I'd feel now as an adult, uh, just because like I, I I
1: don't really hang out with anybody anymore. You know what right. I mean? No, I totally get it. So the family aspect for me is not that big a deal, uh, because growing up, like my family was so fucked up that uh, I just kind of embraced it for what it was, and. You know, I just kinda still to this day it's like they're family. What do you and that's what what it do you is.
0: mean fucked up? What was,
1: what was uh, fucked up? So my parents got divorced when I was like eleven, right? It was a terrible divorce. Um you know, uh so <laughs>
0: You're you're good, bro. Sorry,
1: my voice is killing me. I know it. So after that, um uh, my mom. Uh, And I, we had a really good relationship. My dad moved out. I didn't have a relationship with my dad for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, my mom found a new love interest that didn't necessarily get along with me. And that inhibited our relationship to the point where I ended up moving in with my dad, who I hadn't spoken to for a couple of years. Ah. And, uh, you know... Once I moved in with him took about a year to shake off the awkwardness. And then once we got there, we were kind of like bosom buddies, Uh best friends. Um, But, you know, I have a older brother who from the time I was 11, him and I never lived together. Yeah. So we have an awkward relationship. Sure. Um, And then with my parents, it's it's you know it's just weird i still have a strained relationship with my mom and uh with my dad we're like best friends but at the same time <clears throat> you know he's also my dad so i got to look out for him
0: yeah no for sure dude i get it i think it, i think w- what you're describing you mean just a br- a broken family it was all over the place yeah it
1: yeah. it really was and i guess a lot of me um in my adult life has kind of been searching mm-hmm. for The stereotypical family, white picket fence, you know, but you you never really find that. Yeah. So you kind of got to make it what it is with who you have to make it of. For sure, bro.
0: For sure. And I don't think that's, that's almost odd to me that you haven't found that yet because you're, you're likable, dude, man, it's not like you're, um, you know, especially when you get older, you go through these moments where you realize that like family isn't family is what you make it
1: exactly you know i was literally just gonna say that yeah
0: it's it's who you who and that changes bro Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but family to me had that that definition of that has changed over the years drastically for sure yeah so i can i can relate bro but i think uh ultimately you just kind of realize that that feeling that you're searching for is just i think like it's almost like a happiness thing you want to be happy you want to you want people to support you and be there for you. And you want to return that favor. And that's, that's tough, but
1: yeah. And a lot of it is what's instilled in us growing up. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's what we're told to expect from our parents, from our grandparents, brothers, sisters, whoever, right. They're the ones that are supposed to be supporting you. But if they're not, then you have to look for those sources elsewhere. And if it was even you, you, Being like, "Hey, Mike, go out there, do a good job today." Mm -hmm. You know that is so meaningful to so many people on so many different levels. That just that little bit of encouragement Mm -hmm. uh, goes so long. Oh, for sure, dude. And then that's where that you make your own family kind of comes into play, right? Mm -hmm. No,
0: I, I, a hundred percent, dude. I, I think it's just easy to find in today's world. It's easy to find people who only give a shit about themselves. Yeah. People are very selfish. Easy. Like, and I talk about this a lot and I don't, I think that self, the word selfish has a really bad rap. I think it's important that everybody be a little bit selfish in some way, but I think what ends up happening is, you know, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, I, I think I've learned that I need to be selfish to protect myself Um, and, and be selfish and take care of myself so that I can take care of other people. But the problem at hand here is that everybody's so like in today's society, everybody's so broken, man. Yeah. From the world, from social media, from everything that is portrayed around us, like all this, this just negativity and divisiveness, you know, people are so fucking broken that they want to take it out on each other. Yeah. You know, so that selfishness comes into play. In the wrong way and i think i think everybody needs to really like understand that
1: <clears throat> it's uh we, we gotta look out for each other man so that is one of my biggest personal flaws is that i am so selfless and not selfish that it inhibits my anxiety sure you know what i mean like to the point where i would rather make sure that you are fed, clothed mm-hmm. and taken care of before i am. i could be naked on the street freezing. just to make sure you're good and at the end of the day i'm out there just struggling mm-hmm. trying to make it through. um and i'm not saying that to, you know, just try and build myself up. Don't but it's it, it's a feature that I don't know how to turn on and off.
0: <clears throat> you know what I try and remember when when this this happens to me and this or because I'm, I'm very I've, I've been, I I have been I I'm very much similar very yeah. similar and I'm sure there's a lot of people that would say that as well but I know that I can attest to that I know that I my track record can prove that I would give shit off of my back for somebody else any day. Um, but what's changed my mind a lot with that recently is. You know the quote, the old saying that goes that, you know, I would give somebody the last twenty dollars in my bank account because uh, they needed it or they told me they needed it, right? And that they were broke when that person's got twenty grand in their bank account. Yeah. And you don't know that, but they think that they are doing. They are so screwed, and they're portraying that they are just whatever. And you, we have, we don't have, we have good enough hearts, you know, to understand these, we think these people need shit more than us. Yeah. But you can't give up the house that you got, you know, to give up your own home, to save somebody, give somebody else's, give, give somebody else a fucking home. It just doesn't like, without you having that structure and that foundation to build off of and to, and to live, you're not helping anyone. Right. So that. That has 180% transformed my recently, most recently. Like, take care of yourself, bro. Take care of you. Because if you are fucking nothing, if you give all that shit out,
1: you give all your baskets or your, your biscuits away out of the basket, you
0: got nothing to give,
1: bro. You're well, no one. And see, that's one of the biggest problems I have is giving back to myself. Yeah. Right? You gotta do it, man. You know, I, like, I have literally no cognitive cognitive awareness of my own well-being yeah. whether it's mental physical i mean physical i wake up every day and my whole fucking body hurts i'm 41 years old <laughs> like that's a given but at the end of the day it's like you know just taking care of yourself that is not high on my priority list why but it needs to be
0: high why, why is it not high though like why do you think that is why do you think that you why do you think that you should prioritize you know like like why not not I think prioritizing other people is good. Yeah. We want to prioritize that. But why do you
1: why don't you prioritize yourself? I think it's my inherent nature as a people pleaser. Okay. Um I just want to make sure everybody else is happy and fed before I can even take care of myself or think about it.
0: Okay. So I feel like you're t- you're describing that in a way right now that you know that that's not right.
1: I do. So why, I do. why don't you fucking like, take care I of yourself? Don't, I don't have the tools to So fix change it, it, bro. I'm trying.
0: What's what tools you need?
1: I have no idea.
0: Um <clears throat> Well, you are going to therapy, right? I am. Okay. So that's a tool. Do you have uh what do you do uh one thing a day? What do you do to take care of yourself? Is there anything you prioritize for I, you? I go to the gym. Okay. That's just that's a good start. Okay. Um and you do that every
1: day? Yeah. Well, like four or five times a week. Okay. Okay.
0: I think what you're describing is inherently you want, you emotionally maybe give to more people than you do physically.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You're not willing to allow yourself that emotional repair why the fuck do i feel like it's turned into a therapy session
1: i don't know dude i'm so sorry like i feel like i should be laying down at
0: this point (laughs) is Um, that what you do in therapy (laughs) sessions i've never been to one
1: no no. do you lay
0: down like in that seat you're like no i
1: don't lay down i grip the pillow and i squeeze it real tight and i drink my water (laughs) periodically um no dude like uh you know i guess a lot of it has to do with me getting out of work and not having that social environment what how do you recharge is it
0: social aspect like people that recharge you or is it being by yourself
1: um it's a it, it's a fair combination of both okay so, so my weekends are perfect yeah. like it, if i can have a couple hours to myself watch football wwe whatever it is i'm good and then i have a social aspect mm-hmm. right but my my day to day monday through friday i get home from work at 11am I go to the gym I come home I walk the dogs I do stuff around the house All this time I'm not talking to another human
0: Yeah No I get it man
1: uh, From 11am to need fucking about girlfriend Mike 5 to 6pm <laughs> When my girlfriend Roommate Kevin Comes home from work He doesn't have a girlfriend either right? No No well, But good. like Literally So
0: um, We love Kevin by the way What's up dude? I know he's watching this
1: Yeah Of course he is <laughs> Probably gonna judge everything I say when he I get home. Probably is, but um, no. So <laughs> <laughs> like from eleven a.m. to five six p.m. Unless I have something to do for work, mm-hmm. unless I have therapy, or I'm coming on your podcast, mm-hmm. I don't have a human social aspect. Do you think it's? Do you think
0: it? Okay, let me ask you this, Mike. What's your purpose, bro?
1: It's a very
0: deep question and i understand it's that but heavy, i'm just curious but i have ser- a r-
1: very real answer okay go and it's always going to be my answer mm-hmm. uh my purpose is to make somebody smile or feel better about their day okay so
0: those moments when you don't in the afternoons right if you understand your purpose you know which is is giving mm-hmm I feel like what you're describing to me, like this moment in the afternoon, right? When you get home and you just have nobody or you have nothing to talk to, no friends or whatever. You know, and you have your one friend. You yeah. are you? Is that is he the only guy that you communicate
1: with? Uh, For the most part, yeah. You just need some homies, bro. What? I you do. put yourself out but there? Dude I, just, dude, I literally. You're the fucking I, radio
0: station host, bro. You should have hella homies. How
1: many people are home at 11 a.m. that you want to associate with? <laughs> I don't know
0: not me. I'm not I mean I'm home. You're I don't know. Not, I
1: mean you're home, but you're a business owner and <laughs> you have odd hours like I do. I do
0: have whack ass hours, bro.
1: You I know? Do. But it's it it's hard especially when you're of a certain age. Mm-hmm. You know, elderly you're like what like the fuck like am myself. I going to do at 11?
0: Yeah. You need a hobby, bro.
1: Literally just bought myself pickleball paddles. I like you want to play pickleball? I
0: would be down. Yeah, I don't know how. i've Never either. played it, but we can figure it mm-hmm.
1: out. You know, it, it's hard it. as an adult in general. Mm-hmm. Like, even if I was working a nine to five, to make friends, yeah, like to find people to hang out with, where do you go? My grandmother I don't, I don't didn't tell know. me to go to the library or church. That ain't happening.
0: I don't know. Like, a library even open anymore, bro. What the fuck does, what does a forty year old man do to make friends? Right. Like, like that you I don't... got
1: divorced four years ago. Like, the fuck am I supposed to do? I go to the bar. I hang out with people, right? I make a friend through a friend, and that's about it.
0: Hmm. I'm trying to think what I do because I don't. I don't have many friends either, bro. I have like two or three people that I talk to. But you work your ones. ass off. You yeah. have a family. Yeah, this is true. This is true. I'm only trying to say that of of being like, how would I make friends right. if I was in a place? And I
1: like, I don't have a family or the priorities business wise. Okay, what's
0: do. holding you back from getting a girl? Are You putting yourself out there?
1: No. No, I'm so Why? scorned, dude. Like, scorned
0: yeah. from your past relationship? Yeah.
1: So I don't want to get married again. I don't want kids. I bet you
0: there's somebody that doesn't want to get married again and want, doesn't want kids either out yeah. there. Yeah. Is, are you in the social media dating? No. Like you don't have any dating
1: apps? I'm very noncommittal, dude. I am, I have no dating apps. Okay. Nobody slides into my Do dance. you have any
0: one-night stands? Is that a thing?
1: Do you want me to answer that question? I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you, you at least get to have like some type of female interaction.
1: Yeah. And I'm perfectly and it, content with that. Like, okay. I like it. But
0: then what you're telling me, though, at the end end of this is that you need that relationship.
1: I don't know if I need the relationship from a circumstance where it's, I'm going to get married. I'm going to have a girlfriend. So don't get married. I'm going to have the a
0: girlfriend. Do all girls that you talk to, they want to get married and shit?
1: No. No no but even like you're just
0: afraid of going down that it's
1: the relationship thing
0: you know what i mean Mm.
1: like i don't even know if i'm there yet like in general what i need in my life is just camaraderie or i get it you know a social aspect that's what i'm lacking
0: okay so mm, taking applications yeah, submit your application to uh, the Failure Podcast DMs if you want to be friends with Mike. <laughs> um, I will. Uh, yeah. I will be the one facilitating these.
1: This this went down a therapy rabbit hole real deep. That's
0: okay, bro. I yeah. I don't really give a shit. I think uh, there's some value to this because it's. I'm trying to dive. I'm I'm just trying to dissect your mindset, man. Yeah. And it's. Uh, I can't imagine being in your position for one, doing what you do, being living somewhere. That you don't know anybody. Right. You know, I think you got a dope ass job. You, I do. You could definitely like.
1: I love my job, dude. I've talked to all the celebrities you could even imagine. I've had incredible experiences. I've flown in stunt planes, jet fighters, and mm-hmm. done all this crazy shit in my career. And at the end of the day, it's just like, you know, still, I heard this, bro. I heard
0: this quote once, dude, where it, uh, have you ever seen the movie, uh, Into the Wild? No. watch it okay maybe not right now it's pretty fucking like depressing movie but uh yeah. it's uh at the end of it you know basically it's a, it's about this guy um it's a true story too but he travels up and down uh you know basically travel he one he realizes he wants to escape from society the whole like it was back in i don't know how what year it was but we'll call it 70s 60s 70s era where basically basically it was the whole fuck society yeah. like, era, right? Uh, Smoke some weed, like, you know. Uh, he abolishes himself. He's his kid. He goes to college, right? He has a really good, like, everything is set for his life. Rich family, rich parents. And he just says, I don't want any of it. I don't need any of it, right? Mm-hmm. And he basically hitchhikes across the world or the United States, um, goes back and forth from Alaska to Mexico multiple times and meets all these people along the way, right? Meets all these friendships and mind you, in this movie he threw away everything. He threw away his college career, he threw away his family, did burned all of his money. Nothing, wants nothing to do with society, no phone, no anything, right? And uh you know just wants to be one with nature into the wild, right? So he ends up uh meeting all these great people along the way and at the end of the movie I'm gonna spoil it for you, but uh, for it. it's it's important because he he writes in this this notebook, and uh, in it, in the notebook the last thing that he says is <clears throat> before he dies because he ate a plant that he thought was the right plant, but it was the wrong one, and he ended up basically starving himself, and he couldn't get out because he was trapped in a cold bus in the winter. But uh, he writes, "Happiness is only true." uh when shared with friends. It's fair. And you can't be, you know, true happiness uh can only be accomplished when you have somebody to share it with.
1: Uh, no, you're absolutely not right. Not just
0: not just in relationships, but in, yeah. in friendships. So no
1: in life in general. Like mm-hmm. that that goes for everything. Even if you so for me, <clears throat> I love my dogs, right? My dogs are one of the greatest moments of my day. Like getting home, seeing the reaction I get from them, that happiness right there is enough to propel me through the rest of the day.
0: Yeah. So what do you think is something that uh you've grown most
1: from in life? Mm. You know, in the, these in your experience. Um It's going to sound cliché, but my fear of public speaking. Okay. And I think that has a lot to do with the uh, learning disabilities that I grew up with, mm-hmm. ADHD and dyslexia. And, um, you know, just trying to be able to navigate through those things and being embarrassed, essentially, to speak in front of people until I started to do radio, mm. you know, when I was 23 years old. My only outlet... um as I was growing up was either through sports and I played band, you know, as a drummer, I played in our jazz band, concert band, symphony orchestra, whatever, uh, all those things. And, uh, those were my outlets. Those were my expressions. Mm. That's how I could, you know, send my message into the world. Right. If you will. And then, you know, as I got older and you know, start caring less, and at some point you know i was just like fuck it these guys are on the radio why can't i be on the radio Mm -hmm. and i had done all that stuff with my uncle when i was younger and he was my goal my aspiration to who i wanted to be in life right and um you know uh i just had to flip that switch just do it and then when i flipped that switch it came out like, and that, you know, and after I got over that, I was able to, you know, put something together that was formidable on the radio. Do you ever
0: still feel like, uh, you know, what do you, what do you work on most? Because I, I can assume that you probably judge yourself quite a bit with yeah. hearing your, you know, or just talking in general. Like, what's something that you feel like you need to work on the most?
1: Uh Social media. And that's something that I've been working on a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you referenced it before is, um, you know, I've always kind of relied on whoever my co-host was to be the social media liaison, for lack of a better way to put it, for our show, mm-hmm. for us
0: as a people. Um, do your ra- The radio station doesn't take care of that at all? No. God, no. No. Man. Why? You have more producers than we do. Why? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it seems like you'd want that, to, you know, especially being a radio station. You'd th- seem like you'd want to that to be a really large focus of your your growth, right? Because right. You, you you can capitalize on radio, yeah. But like, so, you na- have the opportunity to double down
1: nationally if they have a syndicate that puts out posts on all the platforms of social media, right? Right. Okay. Like uh, you know, and it's generic. It goes out to all the radio stations. Mm within the company um but to you know accentuate the live and local you know we have to be on top of that and because we're handicapped right now with just me and two other people on the radio station me being in mornings which is the uh biggest time slot of the day you know the onus kind of falls on me
0: who do you look up to most in the radio industry I mean, obviously, you referenced your uh, that's tough, All your time. god Godfather, but yeah, I don't know. Just like who do you, who do you look at, and you're like, I want to be able to talk like that guy, or like I want. I, I mean, I'm not like somebody, but somebody that you know is like done it right.
1: It's a good yeah. example. Yeah. No, that's that's a really good question. I'm gonna date myself here, and <laughs> bear with me. There's a dude named Rick Dees. Okay, and he used to do the weekly top forty. And he was the uh, the opposite of what Casey Kasem was. You've heard of Casey Kasem? No, I haven't. You've never heard of Casey Kasem?
0: I mean, it sounds familiar, but like, no. Oh,
1: my God. Jesus, Austin. How old are you? 31. Who's Casey Kasem? Can we Google this real quick? Go ahead. Casey Kasem is literally... The Dick Clark. You know who Dick Clark is? I do. Okay. Yes. He's the Dick Clark of radio.
0: Okay. Casey. Kasem. Case um. Got it. Okay. 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 This guy? Yeah, that's him. Okay.
1: Radio legend, icon, okay. Dick Clark of radio. And um, somewhere in the 80s, 90s, this dude named Rick D's kind of came out of nowhere. And was his top competitor for a weekend, top 40, like countdown weekend radio show.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And uh, Rick was, he was young, he was innovative, he was different than Casey Kasem, who had a very old school 1960s-esque presentation, if you will. Right. And uh, Rick kind of changed the game in radio, if you listen to him. And it was fun. He was energetic and infectious. And that's what I want to be. You know, fun, energetic, and infectious. I
0: think you are that, bro.
1: I try. But in my real life, I'm anxiety-ridden and depressed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay. Have you ever... uh What 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 do you think like anxiety? Written what gives you most anxiety? Everything, just everything. You're just anxious all the time.
1: (laughs) Um, so I have really bad FOMO. Familiar with FOMO? Yeah, I get that. I do. Uh, I'm I have really bad FOMO. Um, because I have to wake up so early in the morning. Yeah, I have anxiety when I sleep. Ooh, so you don't sleep? No, sounds miserable. So I wake up like. Every hour. And I'm, I look at my clock and I'm like, fuck, I have five more hours. Fuck, I have four more. Fuck, three, Bro. two. Oh, my God. I'm killing myself.
0: What? Okay, so why Why? when you fear of missing out on what in the middle of the night?
1: Uh, I, I think it's just paranoia about missing my alarm clock and getting to work on time. <sighs> Man, I smoked some weed yesterday that gave me anxiety to the point where I would take myself to bed. I've I've done that twice. where yeah.
0: Like, I don't smoke anymore for that reason. But it like uh, <laughs> fucked me up to the point where like I was like I couldn't. Well, even see, think no or weed anything. helps
1: me. So like, I've gone through periods in my life where I've drank a lot, mm-hmm. right? And um, dialing it back, weed helps me mm-hmm. like take that off. Yeah. Like alleviate that pressure, and I'm okay with that. And um, but yeah, no i got some shit yesterday man that just <laughs> sent me to the moon
0: what are you doing mike to challenge yourself bro
1: um be more creative and develop more outlets uh obviously my new venture and trying to be more productive on social media has a lot to do with that but also expand my horizons. Like mm-hmm. I'm trying to use the free time that I have to be productive and do other things that I can to potentially enhance my life. Um
0: what does that look like though? What's enhanced? What are, what do we what what is that picture for you?
1: You know, I don't really know. Um so
0: so you have a purpose. Your purpose you said you want to make people smile and make it make a difference in people's life. And I think that you have a great outlet to do that. Right. You know, so building off of that purpose, where do you go? Where do you go, man?
1: That's a great question. So what I did, um, last year I started taking real estate courses Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to develop that aspect and do it quote unquote as a side hustle, but at the same time, maybe there's something that i could develop along the way Mm -hmm. whether it's from a media perspective or social media perspective whether it's you know using social media to build a real estate development or whether it's using my media uh contacts and expertise to try and why don't you
0: have your own show
1: on hgtv that would be the dream (laughs) Or a fucking food network show, That's either right. way,
0: no, but why don't you have your own? Why haven't you made i okay is this where that short form content stuff is coming in for you because you I feel like you have so many connections, bro yeah, you know what I mean like you you build those relationships and those uh with within the business that you're in, right you know, I feel like you could have access to you know
1: doing your own fucking thing, yeah, and making so. <laughs> This is gonna sound really shitty. But um there's there's a girl that I used to quasi work with. Her name is Egypt. Okay. And she was in radio for a number of years Mm -hmm. and got a real estate license. And now she's transitioned it into having three shows on HGTV. What? Yeah. How? That is goals right there. For real. Egypt, I love you. I respect you. God bless. Anyway, that's legit. Yeah. How? Okay. She used to do a gossip segment on the Big Tigger Show, and that's it. Hmm. Okay. And then parlayed that somehow. Into, so
0: into doing HGTV shows.
1: Yeah. However that happens,
0: I need to know. Okay. So your dream—that's kind of where you want to be. Then I would think you want to, you want to have your own. You want to be on TV and have your own show.
1: My dream is to be able to do what I love and be able to retire doing it. What is that? What is that though? Radio or TV.
0: Okay. Dude, I I think you, you are, you are limiting yourself. Yeah. From venturing out past on this path that you don't know. I think that you're looking for something that may not, you know, maybe you already know, but you kind of are just like, you're hunting for it and i think that you just need to go and just do something kind of like you're doing with the social media stuff i think you're on the right track but for some reason i feel like you're boxing yourself in a little bit and you're like i don't know if this is good enough
1: or like this is the right thing to like that that's the question just do it that's the hang up right like is knowing which path to take which way to go and how to do it there's no there's there isn't a right path, man.
0: Yeah. It's just whatever you, you think, whatever's going to make you happy and whatever you're having fun with is going to lead to that path. And, you know, it kind of goes into that same concept of like, you can't make other people happy until you're happy. You can't help other people until you help yourself. Like you may not, you're not going to know what that path is until you do it. So my recommendation for you is is to try more shit. Yeah. Like do more shit. Right, expand, get out of your comfort zone, go fucking anything. You know what I mean? Even with meeting friends, like yeah. ex- get out of that comfort zone of like, ah, I'm 41, nobody wants to talk to me. That's fucking bullshit. Like you're a rad dude. And where do you go to meet friends? Fucking the bar. I don't know. <laughs> like, go to the fucking dog park and be like, yo, bro, I'm 41.
1: You want to play football? Dev's coffee bar. That's where you go.
0: You know, we'll we'll talk on that later. But yeah, let's share me share some stories with me, bro. Yeah. Um, and uh. What do you want to know? I don't know, dude. What's the craziest like celebrity interaction? I I've went ever to a had?
1: Super Bowl party at 50 Cents House. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. You did not. I did too. No, you did not, yeah. bro. 50 Cents house? Yeah. So he uh he bought in Farmington, Connecticut, he bought Mike Tyson's old house. Okay. Oh my gosh. Dude. And the radio station I worked for at the time. Mm. It was branded in Hartford, Connecticut, but it was in Farmington. Yeah. It was a, about a half mile down the street from his house. Uh-huh. And we were one of the first stations in the country to get behind 50 Cent. Like, like 105.1 was? or, like, or No, this station the working station with? I worked for at okay. the time in Hartford, Hot 93.7. And you can look it up. And there's an infamous moment where we had him at our spring jam. And somebody threw a water bottle on stage, and he jumped in the crowd. And he ended up getting arrested. He had to go to court for it. All happened in Springfield, Massachusetts. (laughs) This is at the beginning. This before In the Club became a popular song. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So he bought this house, and his big thing was, I'm going to have parties here. It's got a helicopter pad. We have 50 rooms, 18 bedrooms, blah, 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 blah. He had a Super Bowl party at his house and he invited our whole radio station. All the DJs were able to go. And he invited all the radio DJs from New York City. And they all came up because it's about an hour and a half from there. Right. And, you know, we were all just hanging out. <laughs> he had people doing tattoos in one room. He had strippers in another room. <laughs> we were playing football in another room. What and the fuck, yeah, it was man. wild, dude.
0: That is insane. So do you get to talk to this dude or do you have like seven billion security guards around him?
1: No, he had no security guards around him. Like literally, he was just hanging out. Like the whole G Unit was hanging out. Mob Deep was there. Uh, Buster Rhymes was there. Like literally, just like all these dudes just hanging out because it was an exclusive so what thing. You... It was just radio DJs, right? His friends and like all these famous people.
0: What do you do when you're surrounded with high level people like that? Do you curl up in a little ball and just like I'm like I'm too cool for you? I don't can't talk to you only if you look at me.
1: Where I'm the weirdest fucking person on the planet, right? I am an introvert to the day I die. Like, I want nothing to do with you. I will go sit in that corner over there and hang out by myself for four hours and be perfectly content while you guys do your thing. (laughs) Right, right. And, like, when I'm in those circumstances, I am cool as a cucumber, dude. Really? Yeah. That's so... And I, I don't know if that's inherent in my nature because... I grew up with an uncle who had uh, a cachet mm-hmm. with you know NHL celebrities and took me to WrestleMania and did all these weird things like right. that normal kids don't necessarily get to do, mm-hmm. or if it was just something that where I'm able to you know hang out with X Y Z celebrity and just be able to shut it off and just be like cool like because they. They want to be people too. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, they don't want to be treated like a celebrity.
0: 100%.
1: You know, and they feel better when you do that. Yeah. So I think I'm able to channel that and portray that. And you know, that helps out a lot.
0: Do you ever kind of look at the people that like people that you look up to and you actually meet them and you go, Oh, like it's like a, not what you thought it would be. It's underwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm trying to think of one specific circumstance, I I I just feel like this happened to me so many times where like I look up to this person or I look up to it's it's kind of like that whole thinking so small thing.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I guess in the world of celebrities, for me, it would be more of the line that the celebrity was an asshole. Yeah, and I was just let down. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a bummer. And it it happens. It happens a lot. And to me, the way it happens the most is with um, young celebrities mm-hmm. that are kind of on the come up. Mm. They kind of haven't got their footing yet, but they've got their first shake of superstardom and they think they're better than the next. Or somebody that has been around forever mm-hmm. and they're just like, oh, I don't got time for this shit. I hate that. It yeah. drives
0: me nuts. I feel like you you built a, especially if you have like, I don't know. I feel like you in that position you kind of uphold this duty to like I don't know. You should have that. That's part of you your should, job, yeah, right? You, As being a
1: celebrity, to, like you're supposed to be a a folk of the people like but I
0: understand the pressure aspect of it too though. Yeah. I do because I, do. I feel I mean not uh I was talking to my wife about this the other day how I feel like there's people that pay attention to me now. Yeah. That would never have gave me the time of day years ago. Yeah. You know, just because of not saying I have a bunch of clout, but just in, in, in the retrospect of being a, a business owner, being the owner of devs or they come out uh, of the world, you know, the podcast and they like, hey, like,
1: can I get 50 cents off my coffee today?
0: We're best buddies. Like yeah, I haven't we talked to you in to 20 years, but you hey, know,
1: second grade together. Yeah. Yeah. No, no I get that. You... I totally get that. I get the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, By no means was I cool in school. Like I got along with everybody, Mm -hmm. and that was kind of my thing. Like, you know, I wasn't a cool kid. I wasn't an overly jock. I wasn't. I just kind of fit in Mm -hmm. wherever I was. You know what I mean? And you know, now it's like I look. I look at kids I went to high school with, man, and I'm like, shit, you look like somebody's grandfather. We used to rag on. (laughs) You ever tried a cold plunge, Mike? No. You need to do it. I'm interested in doing it.
0: You 100% should do it. Like, it's a uh, it's game changer.
1: What are the benefits? Oh, God. Everything. What, I do it for you, mental like health. I, yeah. No, I know you've been doing it for a while. But, like, what are the residual effects that you're seeing from it? Sell me on it.
0: Well, I, I don't want to. So, there's a few ways that you could be sold on it. There's, like, the scientific process. Shit way to be sold on it, which is the fact that it helps you uh, increase your brown fat, which is just this fat that controls your your temperature and
1: shit like that. I didn't come here to talk about fat.
0: There's, there's, I know you didn't. There's also, uh, (laughs) you know, the dopamine and the serotonin that gets released when you get out of it and you do it, and the cardiovascular effects where you know can help with stuff like that. But I do it. I cold plunge because I want. I like, I have found, well, one, I was in a really low place a while back uh-huh. and just felt that I wasn't, uh, wasn't doing anything that's hard for me. Like the hardest part of my day was my job. Right. Hardest part of my day was the fridge that broke or the, you know, something that broke within or, or just a struggle throughout my day. Right. And I was just losing my shit. Like I just couldn't handle it. And, uh, I say losing my shit. I deal with a lot of stressful things throughout the day. Right. It's, it. it's just it. Um, So cold plunging has made it so when I wake up and I get in the cold plunge, it is the hardest part of my day. And everything else past that is easy. Everything else is a fucking cakewalk. And on top of that, I also get the benefits of, of, you know, again, the serotonin and the dopamine that gets released. You know, it's similar to cocaine in the sense of the amount of dopamine and serotonin that gets released. But your is lasting you know, 10 times longer
1: and not doing cocaine
0: and you're not doing cocaine. Right. Um, but bottom line, like it's a lot of people have been like, it's not something that you should do. You shouldn't do it more than three times a week. You shouldn't do it longer than three minutes. You shouldn't do it for this. And like, fuck all that. Like, I don't care about it. I, I want consistency in my life and I enjoy the fact that I wake up and I know that that is going to be the hardest part of my day. And it gets dude. to makes every other part of my day a fucking cakewalk. Like, so
1: you just jump in there first thing when you wake up, mm-hmm. and how long are you in there for?
0: Um, depending on how cold it is, over the four minutes is what my number is. Okay. Um, sometimes I'm in there for four minutes and thirty seconds. I just, I basically get in and I record myself for four minutes, and then I just, uh, you know, I post that up. But like originally, I didn't set know anything, or didn't know how long one. The first one I ever did, I did it for like seven and a half minutes. Jesus! And it was at like third. It was like almost freezing, uh. And that was, that was like the rush, bro. Yeah. That it was fucking cool because yeah. when I got in the first time I ever did it, I didn't know. Like I thought I would make it like ten seconds. Yeah. Like for real. Right. But your body is so powerful, man. Your body is so much more capable of doing putting itself through these things these these hard you know it's, it's used to adapting right like humans are used to adapting and so when you put your body through something like that um you you actually surprise yourself what will happen but the first minute is horrible <laughs> like it's fucking really hard bro.
1: even after day one even
0: this morning really hard but my mental strength and my ability to actually like do something like that has yeah. gotten way better. And, um, I'll share another fact with you too. That's actually kind of cool. Uh, that I learned recently off of, uh, uh, you watched, do you know who Andrew Huberman is? No. Okay. Look him up. Um, but he, he's a scientist, a neuroscientist, okay, uh, a Stanford neuroscientist. And, uh, he talks about how there's this, uh, um, there's this part of your brain called the, I think it's the art, arterial or material cortex. One second, I got to look this up. Medulla oblongata. The medulla oblongata.
1: That's the only one I know.
0: Um anyway, there's just part of your brain we're just going to call it the it's I don't know exactly remember what it's called, but it's either the material cortex or the arterial cortex or some shit. Um but basically, this part of your brain, when you challenge yourself and you do things that you genuinely don't want to do, like that are really hard for you, like think of something you fucking hate. Right. Like if you hated running, right? Yeah. And you woke up every day and you, when you were running, you were like, this is so fucking hard. Like, I, this is crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, and you do that afterwards, this part of your brain grows. Okay. <laughs> so you go through this thing, this challenging thing, and this part of your brain grows. Well, they've been able to attribute this part of your brain in people who live longer, it's bigger, mm. meaning they they went through more, they challenged themselves more. Um, so scientists are now actually attributing this specific part of your brain to living longer. Okay. Now, when you challenge yourself and you do things that are really hard, because it grows, it can just as easily when you stop challenging yourself, like shrink. Right. It'll go right back. So. Um, bottom line is is that's the reason they were able to attribute it to you know they, they basically have attributed it to the will to live so like when you have that you ever hear those people who are like God, that dad's just not he's still cooking grandpa jim yeah 97 he's going for it bro yeah you know there's that guy on the side of the road out there in camas i don't know if you ever you pro, maybe maybe you have maybe you haven't but you've seen these old dude he looks like he's like 90s almost 100 years old right he's out there jogging yeah every day he's got it had his mask on when covid was happening he was out there bro didn't give a fuck that guy's gonna live forever, right? You know what I mean. So yeah. um, uh, that this has gr- is is shown to grow that part of your brain. I got you. you know, challenging yourself. So I got you.
1: That was a lot of fucking deep sciences, but yeah. Um, I mean, I guess my counter argument would: What do you say to the lady on the Today Show that attributes to turning 101 years old to smoking a pack of Marlboros a day and drinking grape juice? Um, she's happy, bro. <laughs> She's happy. <laughs> oh. Happiness, yeah, I guess it overrides d- everything, right? Well,
0: I well, just, I mean, I think that your mind is so much more powerful than you think it is.
1: I think at the end of the day, your mind is more powerful than your body. And your mind can control the things that your body wants to totally. do or needs to do.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think it's silly to think that you are incapable of your outcomes. You know, yeah. you hear those crazy stories, right? People with cancer, you're supposed to die. You're going to die tomorrow. Right. Next day you wake up. What happened? It shrunk. Yeah. Will to live, bro. The happiness, like there's, there's something to that. There is, there's, there's a, that is a science, bro. Like that's something I can't describe, but I know that for a fact that miracles happen, uh, what we consider to be miracles because we don't understand how powerful our brains are. Anyway, Mike, we'll wrap this up. Um, I'm thankful that you came on the show, bro. And, Dude, thank uh, you so much
1: for having me. I appreciate it. 100 percent I will come back whenever you want me to. I will definitely have you we again. Talk about a lot more weird stuff like Super Bowl parties and, we can. and things I got into. We can.
0: I'm I'm happy about our conversation though today, bro. Like I uh I enjoy your your authenticness that came with, with today and the realness that you provided.
1: I appreciate that, man. And it, you know, a lot of the uh, stuff I wanted to do, do with you today was because of that. Like, I I see your recaps on social media with the dark, you know, heavy music. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I want to be a part of a Dateline special. <laughs> like, how do I get to do that? We so let's change just go to comedy. Austin's podcast, the <laughs> Failure podcast, and be authentic and talk about depression and anxiety. That's how you do it. All
0: right. Well, where can people find your socials, Mike?
1: Uh, Mike Vezzy, V-E-Z-Z-Y, on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and then Mike Vezzy on air. Is that really your last name too, by TikTok. the way? TikTok, Like
0: that's your actual no, last name? My
1: real last name is Vizola.
0: Okay, but Vezzy's fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. yeah. So like when I was growing up, nobody could say Vezola You just told them to call you Vezzy? Everybody called my brother Vizzy, mm. and then I became Vezzy. Got it. Yeah, now there's a bunch of weird rappers with my last name. It's I hate it. They have no no right to that last name. Like that was
0: mine first, fuckers.
1: Yeah. All right, bro.
0: Um, well, guys, thank you so much for listening, watching, viewing, and hitting the subscribe button. Uh, do me a favor, guys, if you haven't yet, go to uh you you can support this podcast right now by going to orderdevs.com. Okay. I own three coffee shops. I am in a tremendous amount of debt, tremendous, uh, from these things and have been for years since I bought a pizza place and it closed and I lost everything that I had. So you can help support the show if you want it to keep happening by going to orderdevs.com and buying a bag of coffee. Use code FAILURE23 and you will get free shipping to anywhere in the United States. Oh. Uh, lastly, I want to thank our partners, Backwoods Brewing. Thank you guys for supplying Mike with this delicious, comfy, wumpy beer. And thank you to LuxWatch Mods. Uh, Again, if you guys want to get a customized watch, you can go to luxwatchmods.com. Use code failure10. They will give you 10% off of your watch order. That was fucking smooth.
1: Dude, you're good. Like, do you want my job? Do you want to trade, brother? I'll I'll run coffee shops. (laughs) You can go be on the radio, bro. Bro, I
0: just got to say, guys, that was not planned. I did not fucking rehearse that shit.
1: Like, seriously, I you was didn't, off you didn't even have a cue sheet. You had nothing. no notes, no bullet points, Fucking nothing. suck it.
0: Anyway, guys, I love you all. We'll see you guys next time. Wow. Week. Later.